to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Welcome back. Today, I am joined by Principal Danielle Hanna from Chicago, Illinois. I had the pleasure to meet this dynamic leader at the 2022 NAESP conference in Kentucky this last July, and I knew she had to be a guest on the show. Danielle is going to talk to us about distributive leadership in her school and why it is a game changer for her leadership. Danielle Hannah, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today. I've been very anxious for this day to come. Oh, wow. Well, I'm so excited to be here. So excited to just share um, what I know and hopefully we can uh, learn and grow together. Absolutely. So let's give our listeners a little bit about you. Can you just share some of your background? Absolutely. So I am Tanya Hannah. I get to lead, love, and learn out here in Chicago, in Chicago Public Schools, as the current contract principal at Mays Academy. I started this journey in education, I want to say about 16 years ago, maybe. At this point, I'm losing track. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I started as what they call here a cadre. So you are a day-to-day sub that stays in the same building the entire time that you are in a school year. So I went from doing that, then I became a teacher, then I went on to become a teacher leader. I've been a dean of students. I have been a case manager. I have been a resident principal, assistant principal, and now I'm serving as principal. And it has been an amazing ride. And I am so blessed to be able to do this. But also, I'm so blessed to come behind what I call OG Principal Hannah, which is my mother, who was also a principal in Chicago Public Schools. But I I, uh, try to be a tub that stands on my own bottom. But Mm. certainly, um, she is a great example of love and leadership herself. Love the story of legacy there. I I love it. Does she give you you. advice on a daily? No. So I try very hard to keep uh, my private life private and my professional life professional uh, so that she can remain my mom. But uh, but uh, some of the female leaders that she has mentored um, have paid it forward by mm. allowing me to be mentored by them. So I get indirect mentorship from my mom, but... I get to still be her daughter. She gets to still be my mom. And then I get to um, be mentored by folks that stand in her legacy. I love it. So one of the things I heard when I came to your session at NAESP, it was kind of funny because I was with a colleague and I had popped into a couple sessions. They weren't the right fit. And I came over to yours and I sat down and like within five seconds, I was not leaving my seat. You are so incredible. So I I said to my friend, I leaned over, I said, I've got to have her on the podcast. She is amazing. Oh, wow. That makes me so happy to hear. Thank you. Absolutely. 
absolutely. It was you had me hooked from the from the minute you spoke. You are such a dynamic leader and presenter, and your Thank content you. was great. So I'm really excited to bring your information to more people today because they need to hear this message. Awesome. One of the things you had in your slides that I love that I'm going to ask you to set the tone for today. But what's your secret sauce? I love that question. <laughs> So my secret sauce, and and I obviously don't have it uh, memorized verbatim, but what I do here at Maze is empower teachers and teacher leaders to thrive in areas where they are the most magnificent. And so we use that distributed leadership model here. And by using distributed leadership, I have so much help, so much support, and we're able to get better faster. So I think that that has been the secret sauce that has been able to make our school community thrive, just being able to put the right folks in the right seats on the bus. Absolutely. So for those who've never heard that term, can you define what distributed leadership is? Absolutely. So distributed leadership is actually cultivating teacher leaders and empower them to do work where they thrive and not just survive. Um, One of the things that I learned from one of the master instructors in conscious discipline is that what I teach you, I strengthen in me. And so oftentimes when we think about leaders or mid-level leaders in schools, we often have a mindset of it could be this person or that person just based on personality and leadership styles. But honestly, um, sometimes it's as simple as having a passion for something. When somebody has a passion for something, they don't mind doing the extra work that's necessary to help others see that passion and to do well in their passion. And so um, when I talk about teacher leaders and educators thriving and not just surviving, I think that it sometimes it's a work of the heart. And because it's a work of the heart, they're able to go above and beyond. So to sum it up, it is just cultivating teacher leaders to help do some of the administrative responsibilities that would normally come in a school setting. In our school, people often talk about school turnaround. They say the school turnaround can take anywhere from three to five years. Well, and even with that, there's no way possible that a principal or an assistant principal could shoulder all of that work on their own. They really need a team of folks that don't mind doing what's necessary for scholars to get what it is that they need. And not only just scholars, but scholars and the villagers that take care of them on a day-to-day basis. I use that word Mm -hmm. villagers because I don't like to use the word mom or dad because I don't know who's taking care of children at their homes. And so I want to be all-inclusive. But we've been able to make a relatively quick turnaround because I've had so many educators in the building and not just lead teachers, also my supporting educators that didn't mind leading work so that there wouldn't be so much on any one person's plate. And uh, by when I say one person, I am, I am one of those people, you know, so. Yeah. I'm glad you talked a little bit about that because that was the first thing I was thinking. Is it just your leadership team or is it other areas? What are some of the areas of work that you channel distributive leadership in on your site? Man, you name it, we have probably done it. So I have someone who leads our conscious discipline work. I have someone who leads uh, culture and climate work. I have someone who leads attendance work. I have someone who leads 
village engagement. So, you know, we talked about it would normally be parental engagement, but we call it village engagement here. I have someone who leads testing. I have someone who leads my primary department, my intermediate department, my middle school department. I have someone who basically leads almost every department in this building. And what I do is really facilitate their leadership. Mm. Um, I am not necessarily putting my hand in every single department in my small elementary school building. So my school building runs from pre-K to eight. And so that's a lot of grades to manage. And it's a lot of moving pieces. But I'm able to do that because I'm able to go to different department heads. And folks are not just seeking me out for answers. If they're looking for a question, you know, if they have a question on testing, for example, I can say, hey, you need to see counselor such and such. And, you know, that kind of breaks up the work mm-hmm. of everybody included, you know, and right. folks feel valued and folks feel appreciated and folks feel seen and heard. And mm-hmm. again, they're able to operate in their expertise. Mm-hmm. They become an expert of that particular content. And sometimes even with that, as part of my job as a facilitator of leadership, I've got to see a thing in folks that they have not yet seen in themselves. Right. So do you go and approach them and say, I really think you should step up? What's your recruitment like to find folks to fill those seats? It's it's actually a combination. So mm-hmm. sometimes I have seen teacher leaders or educators in the building and I say, hey, uh, would you like to lead XYZ? And then we have a conversation about it. But I've also had folks come to me and say, I would like to lead at, you know, this, that, or the third. I also have educator one-on-one sessions every year. And so part of my conversation when I have these educator one-on-ones is to really see what their interests are personally and professionally. And so once you know someone's interest, then you're able to kind of decide like, hey, this might be a good fit for you. Or, that, you know, have you considered this? Have you thought about maybe this might be a good role for you. I can coach you through it. Sometimes folks are just not confident in their ability Mm -hmm. to lead a work, but that's why I'm not just throwing them out there to the wolves. We are scheduling coaching sessions together so that they can be confident to present to their team. I have somebody who even leads data and we are a data-driven building. And so I want everybody to be uh, well-versed on data, but I have someone who can specifically like go in, disaggregate the information, spit it out to their peers. And that's not something that always has to come from principal Mm -hmm. or assistant principal. So we have our own little uh, on-site data strategist, as I like to call it. We have a grant queen, somebody who's just in charge of grants. We -hmm. have somebody who is in charge of everything because the days of women taking those huge bags home every night and consuming Mm. their weekends and not getting an opportunity to be an actual person. I'm hopeful that those days are trying to leave us, (laughs) you know, and and slowly move out of that space of having to do everything and be everything to everybody. Absolutely. So when you have these leads in these different areas, there's an element of trust that has to happen at mm-hmm. your site, because if you're not the data lead, you you have to trust that the data lead is doing it right. How yeah. do you build that trust on your campus for your leads? So first of all, I try to show up as my authentic self. Yeah. And I'm honest in saying that I think um, my last boss, Dr. Lawson, said, 
No one of us is as smart as all of us. And so walking into a space and being honest about the fact that, yes, I've been chosen to facilitate leadership, but I am not smarter than everybody in this room. Everybody comes with gifts, talents, expertise, and I need you all to build a robust educational learning environment for our community. And then being just really honest about the fact that I'm going to make mistakes, that I'm human. Though we are in here doing superhuman work, we are not demigods. And I'm not a demigod, you know, I'm, right. I'm going to fall short. And I think that when leaders are very clear and honest about the fact that they are just human, mm-hmm. that they're going to make mistakes, that we are in need of other folks, that we are tagging them in because they are more brilliant in that area than we are. They're able to see us as real people and that we're able to build trust. Um, I try my best. This is not just a, a professional thing, but it is a personal thing. I try my best to be transparent, but I'm a naturally private person. Mm. <laughs> I am a naturally yeah. private person. And so that's um, an area of growth for me to share some of the things that are happening while they're still happening. So that that's something that I'm still working on, but I'm I'm and I'm honest about that. Hey y'all, I'm trying my best. Help me out. Um and and because they know that about me and they know that I'm not just keeping a secret, I'm honestly trying to wait to see as the old folks say what the end gonna be. I would like to know, <laughs> you know, I would like things to be more concrete before I share information, but that's not always possible. And so that level of transparency, that level of vulnerability allows folks to see you as a person and trust that you are doing your very best and doing what's right for children. Mm-hmm. And then your role as a principal, are you on consult type of person that the leads come to you? Or is it I give all trust to you? This is your lane. You roll with it. Both. So so as a principal, I kind of have to know, you know, everything that's going on in the building. But right. I also trust their expertise. And so sometimes mm-hmm. that requires that their decision is not necessarily my decision. But I've got, but if I said, I trust you to have this baby, you can do this work. I don't want to create a bunch of little me's. I do need to understand their rationale, but there have been times where I'm just not in agreement, Mm -hmm. but just because I'm not in agreement does not necessarily mean that we are not necessarily in sync or we are not in harmony on the decision. So we can be in harmony without being in agreement. Mm -hmm. And so they do consult me. We do have, we thought partner together. That thought partnering is very helpful because different people have different perspectives and different ways of thinking. And I may think of something that they had not thought of, and they may think of something that I had not yet thought of. And so we kind of put our heads together, come up with the best decision possible for everyone. Um, But also I have an open door policy. Now I do tell my folks, listen, if I'm not walking around with that notebook, if that's not a right there answer, (laughs) wait to see me when I have the notebook because I might forget to get back. And that's only because we have several different competing priorities, but I'm accessible anytime. Mm-hmm. My door is always open. They have my cell phone number, email, so on and so forth. And so I try to make myself as accessible as possible, but also maintaining the fact that, they, and they know that I'm somebody's mother, I'm somebody's daughter, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So we try to be respectful of each other's families, but also I try to let it be known that I'm here as a leader to serve you. 
Yeah. One of the things I'm thinking about as you talk about these teams on your site is, is there a space where you bring these leads together? Because I'm imagining there's some overlap of the work. How does that look? Absolutely. So one of the, um, we have an instructional leadership team. And so I remember years ago, principals would choose their ILTs. Mm -hmm. They would say, I want you, I want you, I want you, I want you. My ILT is open Mm -hmm. because there's more than enough work for everybody. But when we have our ILT meeting, that's really an opportunity for all of my leads to come together so that we can kind of like see where we have been what is currently happening and where we need to go. But that's also a place where all my leads can kind of come together, share out. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has to be at every meeting, but it is a pl- it is a standing meeting that both AP and I are at and the instructional leadership team. And sometimes um, our network leads might be there as well. Uh, just to kind of plan and uh, thought partner for the next couple of weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then I want to ask about, I'm imagining there might be some transition or turnover at your site in terms of folks leaving. I mean, it's the nature of schools these days. Mm-hmm. So what's your hiring process like to find the people who you know are going to, once they get on site, say, I'm willing to take on a role because that's really hard to do? Well, it's funny that you would say that because once you start so I, I only started being a principal here about three years ago. And so we've been building, while they're building their leadership capacity, I'm building my own leadership capacity as well. So I'm kind of learning as we go. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you would bring up hiring because one of the things that I had not considered was that once people have their leadership capacity built, they may want to go and then be yes. And I'm going to have to replace them. So one of the things that uh, AP and I decided for this upcoming year is that we will have co-leads on department so that we will mm-hmm. have at least two folks that will operate in one specific entity. So for example, mm-hmm. my multi-tier systems of support lead better known in Chicago as MTSS, she went on to be an assistant principal. Yeah. But when when folks are coming into our building, that's part of our interview process. We let them know what kind of building we are. We let them know what our expectations are. And we ask, what would you be interested in leading? Even Mm -hmm. as a new teacher, um, brand new, because there are different types of teachers that will come into your building. But even as a brand new teacher, hey, what's your area of expertise and what is your passion? And what would you be willing to help with here at our school? Because that's how we're going to continue to get better faster. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, so I I want you to think about anyone out there who's maybe listening to you and saying, I, I want to do that. I, many hands make light work. I don't want to take the bags <laughs> home. So uh-huh. what would you say in terms of where should one start? Where should one start? Um, I think the best place to start is to, first of all, do an analysis of the needs of your building mm. and then also do an analysis of your actual leadership capacity because folks don't want to be honest about what they are not good in or what they actually are good in. What are your areas of strength? And then what are your areas of growth? And then you want to find some folks that can kind of plug in to the needs of the building and your needs as a leader, right? Um, Once you kind of do that, then you kind of start small. So you just say, um, 
you have maybe one or two leads. Maybe you don't do the whole building. Maybe you don't do all of the departments of your building, but maybe you start with one or two things, but also announce it to your staff that, hey, this is my vision. I really like to build a distributed leadership school. Um, I would really like your support. I want you to start thinking about some things where you'd be interested in thriving and maybe even a passion project of yours, and then maybe have those one-on-ones so that they can begin to build a portfolio of, as we roll this out, here's the person that I will tap for this work. Here's the person that I will tap for that work. So I think that starting small, doing an analysis of where you are personally, professionally, where your building is, and then also where you'd like your school to go, create a vision and a mission for the actual distributed leadership model that you that you would like to have in your building and include folks. The first thing is including folks in that work. Mm-hmm. And so once you do that, then I think you'll have a clearer picture of how you'd like to roll it out because this is not a one size fit all. Yeah. So I could tell people how we did it at Maze, and that might not be the best option for the school up the street, the school across the country. But certainly, as you said, many hands make light work mm-hmm. and we have to figure out what is the best model for that in our building and making it our own. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tanya, we end with our fast five questions to get to know a little bit more about you. These are much lighter. So let's start <laughs> let's with go. Favorite, I'm ready. Yeah, let's go. Favorite leadership book. So favorite leadership book. First of all, anything by Brene Brown, but also Leverage Leadership. Super excited about that book. That's a great book. Favorite app. My favorite app is the Waze app. I'm always running a bit behind and Waze (laughs) tells me how quickly I can get there. And it might even take me through an alley or two to avoid traffic. (laughs) I'm laughing because I remember the story you told at NASP. So that's great. Best Amazon find for work. Oh my God. Best Amazon find is the Cards Against Anxiety. I use that for my adult SEL. When I do grade level instructional meetings, it help us. It helps us to have a little bit of mindfulness before mm-hmm. we get started with the real work of teaching and learning. But first, I got to make sure that my adults are well so that my babies can be well. Mm. Favorite song to put you in a good mood? Oh my goodness. Uh, I know Tim. Number yes. one, Sir Duke. You can feel it all over. I love Stevie Wonder, but mm. also just the two of us and my daughter and I mm. sing that together. One tip you would tell your first year principal self. I'm going to tell my first year principal self to listen to my mother. And my mother leaned <laughs> over to me and she said, little girl, let me tell you something. I was grown. She said, little girl, let me tell you something. <laughs> no matter how much work you do this evening, there'll be more work in the morning. Mm. And that was important because you have to have some balance. Your your work life and your home life have to have some harmony and working until nine o'clock, 8.30 at night when school let out at 2.45. It's just not healthy. I want folks to be whole. So I'm going to give them the same mm-hmm. advice my mother gave me. You know, prioritize and be okay with leaving something on the desk every now and then. Oh, that was good. All <laughs> right. If listeners want to connect with you, how should they do so? Where can they find you? Oh, man, they can find me on Twitter at Principal Hannah. Um, I can also be found on Instagram at Principal Hannah. And then if uh, they are not social media savvy, I can also be reached through our school website, uh, Maze Academy in Chicago. You can just, there's a spot for 
clicking to email the principal and that's me. So they can email me whenever they get ready. And I'm, I love to help. I love to serve. I love to hear from other leaders and um, hopefully because we're all in this together, hopefully we can continue to learn and grow and do what's right for children. Yes, absolutely. Tanya, thank you so much for this time. It it has been a joy and just <laughs> an honor to share this space with you. It, it actually is my honor and my joy to share this space with you. You are so incredibly dope. Thank you for having me. And thank you for allowing me to show up as myself this morning. Thank you. Uh, what did I tell you? She's dynamic, right? A huge thank you to all of you for tuning in today. Now, if you are loving this content, make sure to leave a review of the podcast wherever you listen. Until next time, this is Dr. Sheena Henry with the Principles of Success podcast.